When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm standing up. I'm so excited because I got to hear Abel. Reminder, guess who dropped a whole album about dealing with groupies and the whole thing just last night? Oh, wait. That's the weekend. Ramona, how are you? I'm here. Somehow that worked right at the last second. I was going to say, I was, I was, we, were, we were vamping. We were trying to figure it out. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I hear when Laura talks to me, but I don't hear the show. Very and well. And then all of a sudden I did. It was wonderful. How are you, Clinton? <laughs> I'm good. I'm actually in studio. So I got to play Game of Games. I got Ooh. to see Michael. And that was especially wow. special because I've just been in the Bahamas. And of course, Cindy Porche died today. The late, great, legendary actor, Bahamian actor who you know was the first black man to ever win a um oscar for best actor in this country and we talked about the bahamas we talked about the islands it was really good and you know that's that's that man i'm glad to be here i'm going to the lake show tonight so we'll see how that goes how are you you are going to the lake show tonight i mean i'm going to walk across the street that's what i'm going to do yeah how you get credentials it's like not that easy these days uh well you know i'm television's clinton yeah it's uh I might, people, I, huh? I might have won the most shows last year on Around the Horn. I'm joking. Uh, I'm going as a fan. That's what's happening. Oh, okay, got Yeah, it. I'm not uh, there in a working capacity. I'm, it's Friday, so I'm going to go there and have some libations and celebrate a late Kwanzaa, so we're happy about that. But I have something to ask you off the top, Momo. Have you been online recently, and can you go to my Twitter feed, please? Because I was on, uh, okay. I was on the program today, as in the program of Around the Horn. Right. I'm only bringing this up because I'm not trying to – jazz myself here but my young brother who was in the bahamas with me roasted me viciously in the family chat because he said oh because man. i was wearing a camel cable knit polo sweater that i looked like my dad <laughs> i was just like okay i mean it is pretty, it is old looking pretty dad like okay all right that's all this it is i mean i just think that shows love thank you but he was I think definitely I like he's watching you. Oh, oh yeah, I appreciate that. Of course, Jordy, you're the best. But I mean, he was clearly flaming me, and it was got a lot of laughs amongst all the family. But that was kind of the look we're going for, right? With the glasses yes. and the cable sweater. This is what I look. You're like. You're going for the dad look. Thank you. My pops hit no, me up. It, I called I mean, him like, later. Somehow, Go ahead. Yeah, you're you're a young man who's trying to dress up, dress old. Yes. Right. Like that's kind of the point. Old soul. So, I like, called my dad and he was like, like, oh, right. He, my dad was like, this is a good look. What's he talking about? Yes. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's a good look. I've lost. It's I mean, because that's kind of like the look. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's I mean, you're not like. OK, so I think on Around the Horn, we have had some de-standardization going on this year. We've talked about this. Um, yes. And I blame I blame you a bit <laughs> for starting this trend. You and I would say Justin Tinsley is just and no June Lee. June's the on the list. June Lee is like, what are you doing? You sh- did you sleep in that shirt? Okay, like are Be you nice. is that is that a clean t-shirt? Okay, Be like, nice. Are we not? Dr- it's it's almost like NBA coaches now, where like they all just wear their Passives. their sweats yeah. to the games, and I'm like, no, no, no. This is an event. This is live television. This is national television. 
I spend an 45 minutes in the hair and makeup chair every day. Like you guys just roll out of bed in your sweatpants or whatever. And uh, look, actually, I have no problem with you wearing sweatpants around the horn because you only see your sure. from the uh, from waist the waist up. up. Yeah. But like, like a t-shirt is not appropriate national television wear. I think. Okay. No, do you think that? I think that's a bit dressed down, even if it's a funny, ironic it is t-shirt. Dressed funny down, and ironic. But I think that we should be trying to change the narrative band word on what it is that journalists look like. You're telling me you're wearing makeup ready gear every time you go to shoot around, every time you go to a presser. Do you? Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, this is like even very in much spring problems, training. Very much a male privilege problem here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good like, point. like, as a, especially as a woman over thirty in this industry, thirty is like the is like the line. Oh, you hag, <laughs> like, ancient hags. No, I'm joking. Obviously, I but mean, that's that's the term no, that like, people use. Yes. But even, but honestly, even when before I was thirty, I always wore like something professional looking. You're like, there are times, and I will, I will cop to this. There are times for outdoor sports like baseball um, where I have worn something that I would not dare wear to an NBA game. Okay, mm. but like I'm not, I'm not saying you have to be dressed to the nines. I'm just saying professional shops at a normal store, like to to, to wear to the office. Like, like that's it's not too much. Ge- to ask, it's a new generation. It's a new generation, Momo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, you want to hire me, I'll I wear what I want. Like, it's one of those. I guess mm. I know. I think everybody's got to make a statement with their cute T-shirts, and like I'm <laughs> with the fad too. I have some cute T-shirts. Um, some cool, ironic, fun t-shirts, mostly referencing old nineties movies. Okay. That I like, um, those, and then I'm very wholly disappointed when people don't get the reference. (laughs) (laughs) That's always, that's always a letdown. I wore a Bull Durham shirt and nobody got it. And I was like, wait, this is the church of baseball. I believe in the church of baseball. Nobody gets it. I know. I was like, what? Who are you? Crash Nobody got it. It was sad. Crash Davis? That's the big, greatest baseball movie ever. My favorite fictional baseball player <gasps> of all time. You don't know where he ended his career fictionally in that movie. You've never been there. Quick quiz, game of games early. The Asheville Tourist. Didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where he went. But he, he got traded to Asheville at the end? That's what happens at the end. Oh, he, he breaks the record there? in Asheville. Yes. You ever been there? It's I great, forget that part. Great ballpark. I know. I know. I forget. Like I, I just remember the steamy bathroom scene with Susan Sarandon. <laughs> well, that's the part I remember. <laughs> Sedano and Cap, Clayton Yates and Momo. Let's get to the real business. The Lakers host the Hawks tonight. Yep. Momo, your thoughts? Trey's in the building. The Lakers are figuring it out. This is a, I don't want to say a trap game, but it's definitely a test game against a team in the Eastern Conference that is up and coming. And I'm not going to say moving in the different direction than the Lakers, but a team that's established themselves. Both teams need this game. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think they're the same team in a way. Like, they're both disappointing this year. They're both, like, right around the 500 mark. You know, the Hawks are one of the teams I think are going to be more active on the trade market because it just hasn't been working for them this year. But they've they've all been decimated by COVID this year and injuries this year. So I don't even know what to make it either of those teams. I just think they're better than their records. And the sooner they can have some consistency, the better. I'm also happy that the Lakers got Stanley Johnson back, which there was sort of a – timing clerical error the reason he had to be off the team for like a day and a half that was yeah awkward, i remember right? that they still had to release um, him and then sign him back we yada yada yeah there was this weird like you know don't go anywhere just stay in town for you know 36 hours and we'll sign you back um but he the fact that stanley johnson can literally just come in off where was he before this was at home 
was he in the G League? I don't even know, but he just came in and walked in the door and is starting because he's like a good defensive player and he's young and athletic. Like it just that kind of says everything about their season. I also Clinton and I'm not sure if we have this sound, but I was I was listening to this the other day. Mm-hmm. LeBron talking about himself as potential MVP candidate. Do we, we have that this? sound? <laughs> Laura, no. Okay, we're waiting. Okay, uh, I mean, okay. MVP I'll for summarize. what? The Lakers. Or... Okay, no, it's my fault. This is me vamping, Laura. It's, it's, that's all on me. Hold on. I'm sorry. MVP um, for the Lakers or for the National Basketball Association? For the National Basketball Association. I asked that because, um, and... I mean, there's a lot of good players in the league. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Like, it was it was interesting to me. Like, the way I, – I, I'm, I'm very curious how the question exactly was asked because I only heard his response. But he was like, look, if people want to talk about me as a potential MVP candidate – then that's, you know, a compliment. And I was like, wait, who was if, talking about you as an MVP if, candidate? Oh no. Like, you've been good, but your team, no. Not yeah, great, Bob. I would not say no. <laughs> Well, this is what I was talking Ooh. about yesterday on the show, which is that one of the things that I think Laker fan, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is going to have to kind of accept is that you might get peak LeBron, which is – a delight mm-hmm. in some regards. It's a delicacy in the NBA. If LeBron yeah. is scoring 30 points a night, sure, you get him yelling at people, telling people he's an MF and problem, doing mm-hmm. his whole thing, that's great. But it might not mean Lakers wins. And that's an interesting trade-off from an entertainment value standpoint. And I want to know your thoughts about that as the representative of Laker Nation on this show today. You know, do you think that, like, if we go 30 more games and LeBron averages 30 points, but they're 10 games under 500? What's the satisfaction rate there, you know? I mean, I've actually seen this movie before, and it was called Kobe Bryant in 2013 mm-hmm. when he scored, and then he blew out his Achilles at the end of the year. Um, is it 2013? Am I get my years right? It might be. I think it's 13. Um, it, like, the, he just played a million minutes. He was amazing. His numbers were amazing, and they struggled to get into the playoffs and lost in the first round. And I was like, okay. What was I don't know what that was, um, kind of a waste of Kobe's last great year. It was probably the right way to put it. Yeah. Um, but it, it was that's what it's looking like right now for the Lakers. Um, I think there are positive signs, and I and I'm one of those, and I will be one of those until we get Anthony Davis, until we see what Anthony Davis is back and looking like eventually, right? Um, but he, I, I don't want to write Lakers off until. We see what Anthony Davis can do when he gets back. I did not think that he was a good version of AD when he was playing this year. Like, okay. it just didn't look like the Anthony Davis from the 2020 bubble. But I also have seen Anthony Davis from the 2020 bubble and know that it's in there somewhere. And maybe at the end of this long rehab that he's having, um, maybe maybe he regains that. Because I, I forget what the number the number of minutes they've all played together. But when... You have Westbrook, AD, and LeBron on the court together. The numbers are fairly good. It, they just have to play small because you already because Russ is now in today's NBA considered a non-shooter, and you can't play a center with him unless you're playing, I guess, Jokic or you're playing Embiid or somebody who you have to have a big beefy guy out there to to pick up six fouls. Um, but you you kind of have just you just have to play small, small and fast, and and see what those three guys can do. But like I, I'm still not to the point where I think. You have to write where the Lakers are, a, a team that just struggles to get into the playoffs. I still think they can win. They have LeBron. And it, it, it's 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 just going to be that kind of year. It's going to be just get into the playoffs, 
try to avoid the play-in, but if you get into the play-in, oh well, and and see what happens and try to get all of those guys healthy at the right time. Here's my thing. That's how this year has played out for everyone. You said you're not going to write them off until AD is healthy, right? Right. I'm saying I'm not going to write them on until AD is healthy, (laughs) if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like Until until he gets back there – I don't have any reason to believe that this team is, I'm not going to say not a playoff team, but an impact team. And that is a compliment. You see what I'm saying? Like to everybody Mm -hmm. else in the league, like there are very good teams in the West. I think that the mistake that a lot of Lakers fans make, and this is not a foolhardy one. It's just an easy one to make as a fan is that when you look at the Lakers as what they're supposed to be for themselves, it's easy to assume that that's going to be better than everybody else. Even if the Lakers are what they are supposed to be for themselves at the top peak, I don't necessarily know that that means that they are better than, I don't know, half the teams in the West, never mind in the NBA. And that's going to be a difficult thing to navigate from both sides. Trying to get back Mm -hmm. from injury, trying to gel, and trying to improve. Woo! Uphill battle, mama. Yeah, although I will say this like with the Hawks. I mean, you know, you hear so much about because we're in LA. We talk about the Lakers all the time, anyway. But we talk about them nationally too. Like whenever I do NBA NBA jump, like NBA today, it's it's uh, we talk about the Lakers, no matter how good or how bad they are, right? Yeah. Um, because they're the Lakers. The Hawks are just as disappointing, if not more so. I mean, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and are hovering around five hundred. It's the same story all across the league. It's when you don't have a consistent team out there night in and night out, it's really hard to develop anything resembling an identity or consistency. And I think there's like, I would say 10 teams that are around that 500 mark this year for a number of reasons that like, I don't know what they're going to be. I don't know what the Mavericks are going to be. I don't know what the Hawks are going to be. I don't know what Toronto is going to be. Right. It's right. They're all they've all been decimated by this Omicron surge in the last month and a half that like you just try to tread water and, yeah. and let's, let, let's talk again in March and see what they look like. Momo, are you wearing a necklace? Uh, no, it's just wired headphones. Why does it oh, just keep okay. banging on yeah, that? I, I can something? hear it. I was just wondering. It sounded, I guess like, I it, it sounded it like you had okay, the full okay. bling Sorry. on and it was moving nicely. So no, it just means I have to hold the, it just means I have to hold the microphone up. Oh, no worries. Okay. Well, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyway, this portion of the show is presented by Alignment Health Plan, changing healthcare one person <laughs> at a time. Coming up, we're going to talk about mm. Ramona's favorite football team and their song, Big Matchup, on Sunday night. Looking very much forward to it. I made a pick on the television program today. Momo's going to make a pick as well. Sedano and Cap, ESPN 710. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Sedano and Cap, ESPN 710, Ramona Shelburne, Clinton Yates filling in here on a Friday. Short show before the Laker game, but we have to talk about a couple things. Number one, yesterday I stepped in it a little bit, a little bit, because I referred to Momo's favorite song by the wrong name. And I immediately got a bunch of texts from Mademoiselle Shelburne explaining to me that I was out of pocket for me to misname that song, but I'm going to prevent my... Excuse me, present my defense right now, which is this. 
Number one, it has nothing to do with Angry Birds anymore. That was yesterday. But number two is this. It is a mighty song, Ramona. The feeling of might I, I, I comes it. over me. You know what I'm saying? And so when I thought yeah, A Mighty is. Wind, I was like, oh, yeah, that could be the name of the song. It just isn't. And I realized that I'm actually super stupid because the first three words of the lyrics, he says. The autumn wind. An autumn wind. And I was like, oh, dear, <laughs> this is not looking good for me. But my heart was in the right place. Please forgive me. It was. I had some time to think about it after I called in to yell at you, which, by the way, that's the best segment. <laughs> there it is. Yell at Yates. Uh, Yellow Yates is pretty good. It's such a good song. We call these, by the way, for those of you who are not familiar with chamber music, we call these running strings, all right? Where they feel like you're running Mm -hmm. with the strings. They're going back and forth. It's great. Ah. I love it. Oh, and now we call them the horns. horns. Give me the horns. Hit me with the horns, killer. How could you not be a Raider fan after listening to this? It's great. I mean, I could have been a Raider fan in the 70s listening to this. Yeah. Being a Raider fan now is a little different. Which is what we're getting to because the Bolts and the Raiders face off. The game got flexed. Sunday night football. It's in Vegas. Presuming the Colts don't lose. A win and get in situation. What is your fan graphs level of confidence? Ramona Shelburne, Raiders fan. Okay. I just want you to understand the psyche of a Raiders fan who for the past couple of decades has been really sad at at these moments, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Raiders are excellent at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. We are so good at it. Right. Like we, there's somebody, there's a great play and we're just waiting for the holding penalty to come. Where's the flag? Where's the flag? Oh, oh Hunter Renfro scored last week. Nope. It's coming back. I mean, like that's how it is for us. Raiders. We're just used to it. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say that my level of confidence is 53%. 53? 53%. Okay. I'm, that means that I am confident we will win, but I am also a realist knowing that the Raiders do this to me every time. It means I come back for more. I'm still a Raider fan, but I'm, I'm prepared. You're not even coming back for the holding more. penalty. You're going all the way to Vegas, which is, leads to my next question. What is the Shelburne household? Because this is a playoff game. You know what I'm saying? What is, is the setup? What are you guys doing? Are you in a situation where you're like, I'm sending the family away? You cannot be no. with me while I watch it. How intense are we going on Sunday? It's kind of impractical, to be honest, with a toddler. Like, we, we, we'll we have the game on. Right. But it's kind of like right in the middle of bath time and bedtime and stuff. So I'll watch the first half pretty good. But, like, the second half is going to be right in the middle of bedtime. And so. I'm sorry. Ramona, this <sighs> is a perfect time to indoctrinate your child. What else are oh, we I've talking t- about? I do, but he doesn't sit and watch. Have you met a three-year-old boy? I have. I, have. I used to be a three-year-old <laughs> boy a, once, too. Did not pay attention not to much. <laughs> yeah. like, like, the best I could hope for is to have him sit with me on the couch and give him the nursery rhymes that he can watch on the phone. Okay. <laughs> like, right. while the game is going on. That's the best I can hope for. Um, but it will be on. And in some ways, it's better that way. Because if I'm living and breathing and dying on every single play, it's going to be too much. Yeah. That's it's, a, that's, he doesn't, too, he doesn't yeah. want to see mom looking like that. Yeah, I mean, he does know how to yell out, go Raiders! He doesn't oh. know how to say that. I taught him that. That sounds like up. a big social opportunity. <laughs> I'd like to see a video of that. Um, but he doesn't do anything good on command. I've tried. Trust ah. me. Like, you know, I mean, I was trying to get him to say, 
vote for Jorge, and he would always say, vote for Lara. No, <laughs> so, okay, so let me, let me ask you this, though. So from a strict football standpoint, though, let's break uh-huh. this down. What do you think needs to happen? Because here's what I think needs to happen. I think that the Chargers are a more talented football team. I think that the Chargers are, in fact, moving in a direction that is more positive than the Raiders are moving through no fault of the Raiders team because yeah. of what happened in terms of the coach getting jackknifed in the middle of the season for obvious reasons. I think that the Raiders are going to have to take some real chances and they have the opportunity to do that because they're at home and that's the kind of quarterback that Carr is. He needs to quote a great film, which is The Karate Kid Part 3. Oh, Carr's best karate is still inside of him. Let me tell him. you why the way it's it, still inside of him. He needs to is. let it out. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> um, what episode of Cobra Kai are you on? Dude, I finished the whole dude. I watched that oh. thing in one one go. Easy. No, we've been we've been paid. We just watched the first two, so we're we're like, oh, like get back week. to me when you finish number ten because it gets intense. I, I'm sure it does. Um, <laughs> we were like, I think the difference in this game, and I, I'm just gonna make this very plain. Both teams tend to lose in the most painful way possible. Okay, the char- yes. Ask Kiki over there. Kiki knows. Okay, yeah. she's a Charger fan. The Chargers, the Chargers do this too. They like get get up and then they miss the field goal or they won't go for the field goal and they can just like going for it on fourth and one, right? Like the Chargers do this. So one of these teams has to lose or do they? Oh, do they? So this is why I am on Team Ty. No way. I think I was listening to John Ireland today, and I just think there's something karmic about the tie, where. <laughs> I don't know if it's like the soccer person, you know, like I, I have a sure. background where I used to grow up. I played soccer, but like in soccer ties are, they're not considered like kissing your sister. No, like ties are a reasonable result. And they even call it a tie. They call it a draw. A draw. Yeah. Win, yeah. lose or draw. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I say you go for the win. And if it's anywhere close, go for the draw. <laughs> the draw gets both teams. Okay. Win. But here's what I'm going to ask you. How do you, as somebody just like myself that's been around football for enough time to see, how do you play for a draw, Mama? That's not really possible. I don't know. But these two teams are karmically cursed. They're they're both cursed. They both have the same weird curse. So if any two teams could find their way to fall backwards into playoff spots, it would be the Raiders and the Chargers. And that would be a tie. That's like a, both teams had a chance win. to win and they both miss field goals in yeah, overtime. Yeah, they're both going to blow it. Yeah, yeah. that's how it's going to happen. I think that is... So statistically unlikely, and yet for these two teams, it seems likely. Um, but look, the Chargers are favored by three points on the road. Usually, just being at home gets you three points. Gets so you it's a field really goal, like yeah. a six. Yeah, it's really like a six-point Chargers favorite. Um, and I agree with that actually because it's not about who's more talented; it's that one team has Justin Herbert, and he's awesome. That makes them more talented. That's the whole point. I, agreed, but like one guy. It's Justin Herbert is awesome. I mean, he's not just one guy. <laughs> Would you take him over the current quarterback of the Raiders? I think that answer is a yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, I like Derek Carr, but the like, autumn wind to me. brings in a golden-haired, lovely man. Anyway, he sh- he should have been a, he should have been a Raider. I don't know how we were going to oh, get him. We're cutting deep, but now. like he's a perfect Raider. We're cutting deep now. He is. Side question before we I get mean, out of here. Uh, what do you think about okay. what, what? Who's the coach? Is he coaching for his job? What's the situation? I think it's a little unfair to put all that you know, on him. It, what's I, the scenario? I feel like, okay, Clinton, can you name me the Raiders coach? Can no, you name him he's got it. He's got a three-digit, three-digit, three-syllable last name. As best I know, it's something like Biasicha something. <laughs> so, 
Versaccio. Versaccio. Versaccio, 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 That's a hit from I, the Migos. I can recognize it on a paper. But I'm like, I, he should be getting a lot more credit than he is oh, for yeah. doing a really good job. I mean, this was an awful season for the Raiders. And to be honest, like, there's almost a karmic thing. Like, I have a harder time rooting for them this year because of what happened with Henry Ruggs. Like, yeah, I just think I was so awful. And then you have Nate Hobbs, who also got a DUI. Although his thing seems a little different. He just, like, fell asleep. He was trying to sleep one off. Like, he wasn't actually driving, Sure, right? but he was like, on an off-ramp, which is never a good look. No, not a good look, but it's better than actually driving while you're drunk. He Agreed. was pulled over. It was what you should do. Okay. Um, but there's just something really awful about the rugs thing that I just feel like really taints the whole season. I just young woman or dog. I mean, that, that, that story was so awful. And the Gruden thing was awful. I'm just, I don't know. If they lose, they lose. I'm not that sad about it because it just, it just something, you know, I have a heart. Like, I'm, I'm a Raider fan through and through, but I have problems with stories like that. I totally understand. Right? And this is what I'll say just to wrap this up is that I think that the Raiders as a franchise and a fan base have more to gain from winning this than the Bolts do. The Bolts are making their way up, but everybody knows that they can't necessarily win. But the Raiders have had one of the most tumultuous seasons in history, you know what I mean, as far as they're concerned. And a win would be a decent salve for a lot of people around and on that team. And I would not hate that, especially not if it happens at home on a Sunday night. Coming up, we got to talk about NBA basketball, but not really NBA basketball. Just kind of like money about NBA basketball. Sedano and Cat, Clint Yates, Ramona Shelburne, ESPN 710. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Sedano and Cap, Clinton Yates, Momo, here on a Friday. Got a Laker game day. Quickly, before we get to this NBA story, I'd like mm-hmm. to ask a question, which is that I got a haircut at 7.30 a.m. this morning. What? That's the earliest okay. time in a day that I've ever gotten a haircut in a public place by wow. a person I didn't know that wasn't my mom, basically, in the basement wow. when I was okay. in like, fifth grade. And I'm going to ask you, Momo, what is the most ridiculous... I know you talk about the hair and makeup. It's a thing. And I know they come to your house all yeah. the time. What is the most ungodly hour that you've had to show your face and hair in order to get treatment in a day? Late, uh, or late or early, for that matter. Because I know you guys do some late night early. broadcasts, you know? Okay. I, I got one. I got an early one. This is really... This is actually really sad. Um, okay, so this I, I feel bad to bring this up, okay? But the day that Kobe passed away, mm-hmm. um, the Good Morning America wanted me on. And you know that's real early. Oh, that's 7 a.m. East and I Coast. East Coast, okay? And so I think my hit was at 4.30 in the morning. Um, 
our time. Off-site or so at I had home? stayed uh, here. Okay. But I was it was okay because I stayed downtown. I said, okay, I know I have to do early morning sports, and I'm just going to stay at the at the sure. hotel down here. So I drove down here. I had to finish my story, too. Oh, man. Um, I was writing a column that night. So I just stayed up all night. And then I think I, like, laid down for an hour just to, like, pretend to sleep for an hour. But I couldn't really see. I was just, like, upset anyway. Um, and so I just stayed up. And then <laughs> GMA had booked me two people to do my hair and makeup. And I think I, I, think I was going to be there at, like, 3.45. Wow. And they had to be there. So their call time was, like, 3.15. <laughs> like, awful. Oh, wow. And, um, and they showed up. And our ESPN people had booked me hair and makeup as well. So there were literally four hair and makeup people. They double booked. Oh, this is like a Downton this Abbey. Thing. This is like a Downton Abbey situation. It's so yeah. sad. So basically, there was this little like, oh, uh, we didn't know that both of you booked, and so I just like, well, if both of you guys got up this early, you should all get paid. Yeah. But like, we don't really know you guys here, so you just decide who's going to do it. Wow. <laughs> I think I just made sure everybody got paid because if you're going to get up that early and show yeah, up. Yeah, no, that's anyway. that's that's a smart so Somebody move. should pay you. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was real early. But it was different because um, I was already awake. Like, it was like I didn't go to bed that night. I see. You didn't have to wake up out of nowhere yeah. in order to do that. Right. Yeah. Well. No, I used to have to do um, first take real early over at uh, Pacific TV where you live, right? Yeah. And uh, and I'd always, I used to have to do 6 a.m. hits down here in my early grind days. You know, I was still on the grind, on the climb, right? I feel you. And so they would say, we, yeah, we need you at 6, in that 6 o'clock sports center. But they wouldn't call it the 6 o'clock sports center. They'd say, we need you on the 9 a.m. sports As center. As if like, you live on the East Coast, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not 9 for me, okay? <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I did a couple yeah, of those during rough. the pandemic, but I didn't have to do hair and makeup. Uh-huh. I would just get in the shower and get out. And it would yeah. be funny because and there was a- every once in a while, I'd get out of the shower. I'd get out of the shower and they'd be like, "Can we hear your yeah. bathroom?" Because it was right next to the bathroom. I'm like, "Yes, sorry guys." So yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Uh, yep. Headline: NBPA Executive Director Michelle Roberts on her legacy, her departure, dealing with COVID, and upcoming CBA negotiations. This is from Mike Vorkunov from the Athletic. And there's a long, winding story about a lot of things about Michelle, but there's one particular part about this that I want to ask you about, Momo, because you are closer mm-hmm. to players than a lot of other people. And I'm going to read his tweet. He writes, Michelle Roberts wants NBA players to have equity in NBA teams. She mentioned it to Adam Silver in CBA talks. Valuations are rising, as in for the teams overall. It bothers her players. It bothers her. Players don't get a piece of that money as she retires as NBPA executive director. She thinks it can get done. Now, I'll say this quickly. I don't necessarily know that the average fan understands the concept of BRI, basketball-related incomes, or Uh anything related to that. And they look at a lot of players as not just millionaires, but people that get to play a game for a living. But when it comes to the actualities of, frankly, capitalism, the fairness thing is really one that's up for debate. What do you think about this cause, never mind this possibility, in terms of players really moving forward in the equity standpoint of what the NBA is? Well, I understand the point. I just, there was a part of me that's like, well, first of all, that doesn't work with the salary cap and all of the CV. Because, like, you can't, that's like saying, okay, there's, there has to be some baseline of fairness for all 30 teams, okay? Mm-hmm. So you can't just, like, say, hey, uh, we only got the mid-level exception this year, but you know what? Up with a little offshore account, and uh, we can just put, like, 10 mil in that offshore account. Or we can't. You can't just say, oh, but you know what? We can get you a deal with uh, Air Canada and you can be a, sp-. you know, like you can't hook, 
you have the salary spots you have, you have the max spots you have, and you can't have extra induced enticements, right? Because that's circumventing the salary cap and the salary structure. The concept, I understand because it's essentially like, it's like giving people stock options. Yes. Like if you go work for Microsoft or you go work for Amazon, they're going to say, okay, if you stay here for four years, you're going to get X amount of stock per year. And after four years, it's going to vest. And you know what vesting means? It, yes. Like it means you have it and you actually get it. Like it's, it's not just on an paper, option. It's, like it's, on the, it's on the books. Yeah. Correct. Because, you know, initially it's just paper because they want you to stay. They don't want you to just like take their stock and go. They want you to stay for four years because they value continuity and they value – like if we're going to train you and bring you along, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Plus then it incentivizes employees to help the company at large grow their business and make profits. I'm all for that. You know, could you give, could you give players some stock options that vest after a certain number of years? I suppose so. However, let's play this out even further. Let's say, um, you know, there's some owners who are so rich, namely one, Mr. Steve Ballmer. Mm -hmm. He is, I think, the richest owner now? Billions with a B. That's 100 B with yeah. a billion. Okay. Wait, 100 billion with a B. I said that backwards. <laughs> 100 <laughs> B. You know? Okay. And do you know who the next most rich owner, the next richest owner is? Is it Josiah? Dan Gilbert. Oh, Mr. Gilbert, because he owns loans. half of downtown Detroit. That's a separate discussion. Half of downtown Detroit and, yeah. and Quicken Loans, which went public and did very well. Right. Um, and then I'm sure Josiah, who owns the Brooklyn Nets and the Liberty. And uh, is founder of Alibaba, which is basically Amazon in China. Yep. Is that a good way to put it? Um, I'm sure he's up there too. But And then you have, like, the Lakers. The Lakers are valued as the second most, no, third most valuable franchise behind the Knicks and the Warriors. But the Bus family really only just owns the Lakers. They are not $100 billion family. They are a $5 billion family because that's what the Lakers are worth. Sure. Okay? So – Let's say you have Steve Ballmer out here going, you know what? I'm going to give you some stock in not just the Clippers, but in the arena and in the <laughs> and all these different things. Like, that's way more valuable than a max contract. Okay. That's like circumventing the salary cap for certain teams that have extremely rich owners. Well, let me ask you this. In, uh, circumventing is exactly what it is in a legal context. And I don't want to get too far in the weeds on this, but in a non-legal, just kind of American economic fairness context – why should owners, in your opinion, not be allowed? Like, do you really honestly think it would affect the balance of competition yes. that much? You really do. I really do. Huh. I really think it would be that much. <laughs> that would be. I mean, look, there is some like when LeBron went to Cleveland, he doubled the franchise value, and when he left, it cut in half again. <laughs> right? Like right. that's that is how much a guy like LeBron James affects it. But there's just some level of if you're going to be association with 30 teams. There has to be some kind of level playing field or you're just going to be like soccer where yeah. it's like PSG, which is owned by the Qataris and have oil money. Sure. But the like difference in the difference, whatever. the difference in soccer is that they don't have the same setup in terms of the way each individual like you can trade people for money. You know what I'm saying? In a different right. way. And that's why it doesn't really add up the same. But the reason I bring this up is because you just said it. If LeBron coming to a team doubles the team's value. Well, then yeah. why shouldn't a player like LeBron have the opportunity to cash in on that based on said value of butts in the seats and merchandise being sold? You know what I'm saying? So there was one contract that in some ways did this, and it is the contract that that Magic Johnson signed um, 
I think it was his last year or so as the Lakers when he was basically retired and sort of forced retirement, right. With the, when he had HIV, right. Um, Dr. Buss gave him shares in the Lakers and it was sort of like a, he was retired at that point and Dr. Buss gave him, was it 3%? I can't remember the number, but it was like single digits, but it was shares in the Lakers, sure. which magic that, and it was like a thank you for, Hey, I know that my franchise is nothing without you. You are key in the building and growing of our franchise value. And I recognize that you are one of my partners because Dr. Buss bought the Lakers in 79, the same year Magic was drafted number one overall. I, I think I they saw a 30 for 30 about this. Together. I might have learned about this from a 30 yeah. for 30, perhaps. Somebody, okay. somebody I know did that. Was, so, what? Oh, yeah, right. But it was after he retired. Okay. Okay. Now, there have been other people who have gotten similar type things. Like Steve Kerr actually got some shares from Robert Sarver and the Suns, which he then had to like. He had to divest once he, he was, became a coach for the yeah, Warriors, right? Yeah. Coach again. So there's a, there's all sorts of like, do you want to have an association? Now, one, there's also another argument, Clinton, and I don't like to do this because this is the like rich people argument. But like, no, no, no. when you buy a house, okay, when you buy a house, you bought that house. You had to have the that much money to buy the house, and when your house, like, if you bought a house, like let's say Encino, if you like, I bought a house in Chatsworth, and it has done very well for Chatsworth. But if I would have bought the same house in Encino six years ago. I would have doubled my money by now because in Sino real estate is hot. And you took the risk by having enough capital to buy the house and then the property values went up and you you had to pay the property taxes and you paid all the maintenance on the house and you paid your rent, your mortgage, et cetera. And like that means that you get to reap the benefits of the appreciation. Now, it's kind of like that for a franchise. Like you had to have $2 billion to buy that franchise. And at the time you thought it was like as an owner, that was a good buy. And if you got lucky enough to have your franchise go to $3 billion, or if you bought the, if you bought, let's say the Warriors for $500 million, can you believe they bought them for $500 million? I know. That sounds, now they're that worth like $4 billion. Cheap. Yeah. But now some of that, you, you can make the argument, well, shoot, the Warriors wouldn't be worth that much without Steph Curry. It's true. Yeah. It wouldn't be worth that much without Steph Curry. But you know what? He makes 200 mil and probably the same amount off the court. And that's just kind of how it works. When you, Steph didn't have the two bill to buy the team. Right, like, yeah, I hear you. Kind of why the rich keep getting richer? It's just one of those things where, to me, it feels like it's only an exception that we make for sports. For example, I think about I don't know Star Wars and Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker. Yeah. He said, "I don't want the money up front. I want a percent, one percent of yeah. everything." And he ends up making a lot more money. But I think for athletes, it's a little different because you're playing every night. You're not just making one movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's a yeah. world to me in which. In the next 30 years, in order to simply keep guys interested in playing for longer than they have to after they cash out with $100 million when they're 30, when they're 26, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You're going to have to give people more than what the standard fare is at this point. I think that this is a changing landscape, and I think that this is a noble cause by Roberts that makes sense in the context of this economy, never mind fairness in society. It's just me. Anyway, that's, that's, that's all I'm saying. You know what Everybody I mean? wants a cut. Everybody, Everybody wants, wants a cut. cut. They should have a cut. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. ESPN 710, Sedano and Cap, Clinton Yates, Ramona Shelburne, filling in on a Friday on a Laker game day. But right now we're going to talk a little football. Laura's dancing. Getting a little shoulder pop. I know, I love this song. Uh, let's go. Pop quiz, hot shot. Cam Akers recently activated for the Rams. Do you know where this human being is from on the globe, Momo? Mm, nope. I'll, I'll take a guess. Hint, hint, Mississippi. Okay. Do you know the name of oh. the town? It is the same name as the high school he went to. This will be important as soon as I tell you the answer. Uh, Jackson. That's a good guess. You know what? Hit the button. Ding it. Ding it. She's right because right really? outside of Jackson, Mississippi is a little town and a little high school called Clinton High School, Clinton, Mississippi, oh. home of the Arrows. The only reason this is important is nice. because when I was touring across the country with the woman I love, well, we found this place and I emailed the AD and we stopped in. And the guy was like, is it really nice. you? I was like, it's me. And he's like, you know Cam Akers right here. And I'm like, I don't care about any of this. Show me your baseball field. Momo, it's the nicest high school baseball field I've ever seen in my life. It's in Clinton, really? Mississippi. Not even close. Better than half the single A yards I've ever seen. Better than a third of the double wow. A yards I've ever seen. Gorgeous. Yes. Anyway, we bring all that up to say the Cam Akers is back. The Ramalama Ding Dongs are playing against the 49ers in a pivotal game in which I think the fate of the genius of one Sean McVay rides. What do you think about you this, this game? Okay. What do you think about this game and what do you think about where these two teams are going in terms of their directions? I mean, there's a there's one school of thought that says, don't worry about this. They're going to probably get the 2C regardless. And if it, don't get anybody hurt, and you can almost play it like a regular Sean McVay last week of the season, rest your starters week. Hmm. There's, there is one school of thought that says that. Okay. Okay. That's not my school of thought. I do not subscribe to that. <laughs> nope, me neither. But I can understand it because this is how Sean McVay usually goes about his business. Um, there's another school that says, you got to beat the 49ers, damn it. You cannot let them win six times in a row. Like, you, this is a team that you might have to play in the first round. Yeah. Like, you just need to assert your dominance. You need to assert your talent. If you can't beat a rookie quarterback in the last game of the season that has playoff implications on the line, what are you doing? And I think you need to play this one out, assert your dominance. Let's go. I totally agree. And I don't even have to insert all of these, like, weird other rivalrous judgments. If you plan no. on winning the Super Bowl – you need to win this game. I mean, it's as simple as that. From a momentum yep. standpoint, they've had two fantastic games in the last two weeks. And I've given McVay a hard time on these airwaves. Oh, are we going to call those fantastic? I'm going to call them fantastic for this reason. I'll explain it. McVay has gotten a little too cute by a half in a couple different games this season. And I'm not saying it's going to it cost them victories, but it definitely changed momentum in ways that I was like, yo, bro, if you just lined up and played football – you might have won these games yeah. and you wouldn't be in this position. The past two weeks on the road, he didn't get cute. He got a little bit out of it with the Ravens, but it was like, okay, you just lined it up and you won. And that's what I think this game is so important for because Sean is too busy oftentimes trying to be the smartest human being on the football field instead of just winning the game in front of the opponents that are right there. That happens to be the good thing that Kyle Shanahan is good at, which is why Shanahan, again, Cobra Kai style, continues to draw him into the trap and crane kick him right in the face and beat him. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, look, this team is better. This team is more motivated. In the last five games in a row, five wins, they've averaged 
This is an around the horn stat, by the way. They've averaged 16 and a half in terms of what they've given up each game, and they've had like a plus eight differential in sacks. They're better. You know what I'm saying? And like, if you're a better mm-hmm. football team that has more to gain and you're at home and you've won two in a row, this is a must win. And not in terms of the context of like your season's over, because obviously it's not. It's a must win in that I don't know that I can see the Rams coming back from this game if they lose to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Never mind win it, Momo. Mm. I think they come back. I don't think it's a must win. I think it's just something that they need to get a little swagger about them. And I don't like that they have lost to the Niners this many times in a row. Right. There's just some, like, I don't like when you have teams that you just can't beat. Like, even just for my, like, in myself, in my own competitive career, we had teams that we just wouldn't beat. But you, if you just believe that you can't beat them, they're going to lose every time. But if you, if you have this thing, like, I don't care. We, for in school, it was always, UCLA and Arizona were the best teams. You told me that Arizona had, had all the Arizona. had all the crazy old ladies that would be out there screaming at you saying mean oh, things. Oh, they were so mean. <laughs> oh my god, it was like all the retirees. They were like, strike her out. <laughs> you're like, dang, it's cold. God, dang, I love it. Betty? <laughs> Betty. Not Betty. Betty you know? is Betty is Karen's dang. mom. That's a joke. But Ooh. what I'm saying what I'm saying <laughs> is that like I'm with you, but I think this is an extremely important game yeah. for the Rams. I really, really do. Because the McVay yeah. thing to me, he's a smart coach. He's a good coach. He could be a you better think so coach. McVay? I really do. I feel like it's all ma- I understand I, that. I, I, understand I get what you're saying. I, Stafford has something Staff- to prove differently than McVay does. I think they're separate channels yeah. on the same track. And this is why I love sports, though. Like, to me, it's about you have a guy who's never been on a winning team, who's been in Detroit his whole career, who's never been in that moment to see how he will respond to that kind of pressure. I just want to see it. Like, I mean, so far, I think that Matt Stafford tries to make home run plays all the time. He tries to do too much, a little bit like McVay. Um, McVay, my previous criticism of him was always like he was really good when he could script everything, but when things didn't go the way it was tough to get back. Yeah. Yeah, tough for him to adjust in midstream. I think he's been better at that this year. Um, so I want to see what Stafford does when the pressure's on, when the when the lights are on, because that's what he came here for. I do too. But and think like, about it this way. And I don't know how he's going to do. Like, what you can you can try to predict it. You can try to say Steve Mason's all down on him and all that. You don't know until you get there. No, and you don't. Sometimes, and sometimes it changes too. Look at Clayton Kershaw. Had trouble with the Cardinals until he didn't. Until he got over the hump. Sure. But that was one guy doing it. The reason why this is important is because when McVay made the Super Bowl, he made it with a guy that was specifically traded for the guy he has now, and this is a better football team. This is an apples-to-apples comparison to me within the McVay legacy, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. I mean, to me, like McVay doesn't affirm his legacy by beating 49ers. He affirms the legacy by winning a Super Bowl. I agree. But he has to beat that to me that, and that I guess this is where our you know our, our our paths cross is because to me, if you lose this game, you lose six in a row to one team. I know. And you might have to play him again if you drop in the tag on stand. Like that's that's a tall task. This is a huge game. This is it's not a playoff game. Mm-hmm. But it's like a you know what it's like? It's like a conference tournament game right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, okay, if you lose in the conference final, you might get the two seed versus the one seed, you know, sort of proverbially in the in the field of 64, but the psychological advantage lost if a team this great, let's just say Cooper Cup breaks the record. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let's just say Aaron Donald breaks it as well on the defensive end, and then you lose the game? Oh, oh, yeah. we don't want that. That's not what we want. It's mm. not what we want. Which, I mean, they got, they got a rookie quarterback out there, Clinton. They can't lose this game. Like, you know, they're just going to do the same thing they did last time, though, which is run the ball over and over and over again until you can stop it. 
I mean, and, last time I checked, that was called football, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know the game plan. Like, this is not that hard to scheme for. I mean, they're probably going to do some trickery with Trey Lance because he's a rookie, and that's what that's what they're going to – he's a very – you know, he can he can do some of that stuff. He's versatile, like, yeah. Yeah, but generally speaking, the 49ers are just going to run the ball. You know, see, they kind of, like, run it until you, the Rams, prove you can stop it. That's what they did last time. That's what they do every time. Like, it's the same playbook. <laughs> that's what kills me about how they lose to them. It's not like each game has been different. Like, it generally beat them the same way. And the Rams have not been able to counter it. I like the Rams. I don't love the Rams. And this is a talent analysis thing. Listeners, not something crazy. I just mean in terms of what I think that they mm-hmm. have. I like the Rams. I love the Rams. Uh, excuse me. I don't love the Rams. I, oh man, I really hope they win this game. I really hope they win this game. Because I want to see them at their best. And then you're going to need to be at their best to beat this team. Clinton Yates, Ramona Shelburne, Sedano and Cap, ESPN 710. Coming up. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.